Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. This is Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Poulos. So fuck you and fuck your baby and fuck your wife. <laughs> Why fuck them all? So you have headphones. We're recording at a barbecue gas station. We're not pausing this to put a baby in there. So, uh, so you can just stop it right. You're half drunk and high oh, trying to read a map. Right, here we go. We're literally. We are on, <laughs> on the edge of the Grand Canyon. That's my whole job when I'm on the road is protecting my butt. Stoner. And the fat man. He says, man. You really need to turn your life around. Fuck you, Mark. Mark, pull up the fight. <laughs> Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Pulos, as always. It's good to be back. Today on the podcast, I am going to be talking road cars. One of the most uh, valuable thing to a comedian uh, next to his material is usually his road car and that's because you know a lot of times we get a lot of gigs where it's like uh you know one night here one night there and flying into places and running cars it just uh it's not feasible to pull off so uh having a uh, sturdy and reliable road car is uh always uh a good idea and uh, I thought it would be cool to do this episode because uh, recently I officially crossed over uh, one million miles I have driven across this great country of ours doing stand-up comedy, which is a crazy thing to think about that I've actually driven one million miles. I mean, it's almost doesn't seem possible you know but uh yeah i've had four road cars and uh they've all come close to 300,000 miles so i mean the math was pretty easy to figure out so anyways um i thought i'd uh tell you some stories about my road cars because actually they're all pretty funny (laughs) so the uh the first road car I ever had when I started in stand-up comedy was I had a uh, a Hyundai Scoop. It was uh, a really shitty car. <laughs> I uh, I mean the first the first car I ever owned uh, was a Bronco Two, and I don't know if you guys know what a Bronco Two, but it ended up being a piece of shit. And being 18 or 19 at the time when I bought it, I thought it was like the coolest thing in the history of the world. It was black and silver with racing stripes, and I was like, fuck yeah, this is the shit, you know? I spent like $1,200 putting in a cutting-edge like sound system where there was like a subwoofer and like amplifiers and Boston speakers and all this stuff. You could basically hear my car coming from like miles away because it uh the subwoofer was custom made by uh a couple friends of mine who were actually in the audio installation business at the time and 
Oh, the stupid things we do when we're kids. I'm like, the thing had a cutting-edge stereo system in it, but uh, the engine was a piece of shit. It's like, it won't go anywhere, but we can listen to a lot of things. And, and I'm not kidding when I tell you this. I blew the engine on that car twice, and I still fixed it, which I don't even understand why I did. But uh, So I had tons of credit card debt because of that car and i think when it when the engine blew for the second time and after i got the coolant system fixed and the transmission fixed and tried to get rid of it uh, i think i got like three hundred dollars for it and i still owed i can't even imagine like eight thousand on it or something but i needed another car um so thankfully a friend of my dad's worked at loopy and and they were able to hook me up with this Hyundai Scoop. Uh, it was a stick shift, uh, and I didn't know how to drive stick at the time, so I had to teach myself on the way home from the dealership. So that was nice. <laughs> All I had seen are like those racing movies where I saw them put the clutch in and shift, and it was actually a pretty funny scenario when I went and actually test drove the car because the battery on it was bad and they had promised to replace it before I got the car but I needed to test drive it so I had no idea how to drive a stick so I would go like a block and I'd uh, pop the clutch and kill the car and then the guy would have to run up and this was like February and he was in this big jacket and he would run up with this like rolling jumper cart for the battery and anyways we ended up figuring it out and i ended up buying it i think i paid like two grand for it or something it was just a real piece of shit and uh i actually for a second thought that i was gonna like install my stereo system from the bronco into it and i i quickly decided not to do that um but i had the car for a week and somebody broke into it and tried to steal my stereo. Um, but the guy who installed it at Best Buy, he screwed it to the the firewall. And he's like, this is a good way to stop people from stealing your, your stereo because they won't be able to pull it out of the dashboard or whatever. So, like, the whole car, like, the dashboard and stuff was all messed up a week after I bought it. You know, the <laughs> the stereo itself was like they tried to pull it out of there and they couldn't because it was attached to the firewall so it was like twisted sideways and that's kind of how it was for the rest of the time that i had my car but uh i'd say about a year i think it was about a year maybe a year and a half after i had the car i was uh i was driving home i was on highway 13 uh you know and if you you don't live in Minnesota. I don't even know why I'm bringing up the highways. Like, you know, oh, yeah, Highway 13. That's down there off of 169, Shockbee. I know where that is. You know what the fuck I'm talking about. But uh, so I was driving along, and, uh, you know, Highway 13's got some stoplights on it. So I was coming up to a stoplight, and I stopped my car. And seconds later, I got blasted in the back of my car at, like, 30 miles an hour by some old lady in a minivan. Uh, she hit the back of my car so hard that the bumper flew off into the ditch 
and uh, like bent the back of my trunk and oh, it was just ridiculous. And what's funny is the guy in front of me saw it about to happen and he just drove like off onto the shoulder. So I didn't end up hitting anybody in front of me. I just got the whole back of my car was just mangled. But uh, it was pretty bad. I had, I think to this day, I still have some residual like neck stuff because of uh because of that hit i went through some you know chiropractic and all that kind of stuff and yeah it uh it was bad and uh i got a little bit of a settlement out of it and uh but that that was my first true road car was that Hyundai Scoop. The whole it was a stick shift, didn't have air conditioning, no cruise. The whole dashboard was messed up. The back was dented in, and and I would just drive around to my first couple comedy gigs in this piece of shit car. And uh, I'm sure if there's comics that are listening to this episode, they're like, "Yep, that sounds like." my road car right now pretty much you know because it's like once you get a road car and you know it's going to be your car for doing stand-up comedy like i don't know for me there's like a different feeling like i want to keep the car nice for as long as i can but i know that i'm 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 just going to be beating the shit out of it you know because i'm going to be driving it all over the country i'm going to be putting hundreds of thousands of miles on it i'm going to be going through all kinds of conditions rain ice snow dust dirt whatever and you know it's it's going to be shitty you know so it's like you don't think too much about like you know i'll pull my car into the driveway and i'll just look like hammered shit my wife will be like you want to go run that through the car wash and i'm like why would i spend eight dollars trying to make this turd look nice you know it's a road car it's got three hundred and thirty thousand miles on it so i drove that scoop i think for i don't know i think it was maybe well let's see i got my next car in september of 2001 and i started comedy so I, I think I had the scoop for about a year doing stand-up, and uh, that car got to about 280,000 miles um, before I realized that I couldn't take it another mile without it completely falling apart. So I think I got 100 bucks for that car, and then uh, they were able to work a pretty good deal for me, and I ended up with another Hyundai after that. I had a Hyundai uh accent hatchback two-door and if you've ever seen this type of car all i can explain is when i would get into this car it didn't look like i was driving a car it looked like i was wearing a car costume was pretty much it i had to push the seat so far back just to fit in the car that it wouldn't be physically possible for another human to sit behind me it would have to be tiny babies um (laughs) So that car, I think, was my first real, like, because the scoop I had for quite a bit before I started stand-up comedy, so a lot of the miles on it was just, like, going back and forth to my normal job and 
taking normal trips and stuff. And the Hyundai Accent hatchback that I got, that was my first real, like, road car. Because literally, I was, uh, I had booked a triple run. Uh, Tribble's a guy who books gigs out west, and they're, like, forever apart from each other. And they're, you know, sometimes they're good, and sometimes they're really bad. But it's a lot of driving. And I was going to be on the road for five weeks. I literally signed the deal on that car a week before I was going on this trip. So the first road trip I ever took that car on, I put 11,500 miles on it in a month. And this car was bottom of the barrel, man. Stick shift, no air conditioning, no cruise control. Uh, the windows rolled down, the locks were manual. I mean, it was just like, I don't even know. I was asking them if this was a car that they would show people, like what the actual car was going to show, was going to look like. They, they just threw this together as like a prototype. I got like the prototype car. <laughs> and I took that car everywhere, man, and it was pretty good. I got to tell you, um, after that car... I only had two rules when I was buying a car. It had to have cruise control and it had to have air conditioning. Because the days and hours I spent in that car with no air conditioning, like at some point you get used to it because your body temperature is so hot. You're like, your body's at like 109. So, you know, when it's 100 outside, it actually, the breeze feels cool, you know, even though you're sweating to death. But my God, I remember how hot that car was. And everything with that car was going pretty good. Um, I literally had it for... And and I don't know what it is about me having a car for a week and then something horrific happening. But it's literally happened to every car that I've had. So this car, I had it for a week. And uh, uh, my dad needed to go to the bank, so I drove him over to the bank, and it was kind of icy, and I was going to turn into the bank, and I hit an icy patch, and I hit the curb with my wheel, and then after that, like, the car was kind of shaky, so I took it in, and I had bent the rim and screwed up the bearings on the one side of my thing, so... I had the car for a week, and I had to put, like, 370 bucks into it. I was so fucking pissed off. And my dad would not would not let me – he would not let it go. He's like, you know, you're going to be a responsible driver. you got to be going at a responsible speed. You know, you don't – you take corners too fast, you know, and this is what happens. You get your car all messed up, you know. And he's just on me and on me and on me, and this is such a funny story. So they finished fixing my car, and at the time, my parents had a big Suburban. So he drove me over to the garage so I could pick up my car, and he said, uh, you know, do you want me to wait until you come out? And I said, no, it's fine. You can go. I'm sure it's it's all set to go or whatever. So I go inside, and, and I paid the money or whatever, and he said, you know, go outside, and we'll pull the car around. So as I'm standing outside... Uh, my dad kind of waves goodbye like he's going to leave, and he backs the Suburban right into a tree. <laughs> and uh, the tree was kind of tiny. It was probably about, like, 10 inches around on the trunk. So he actually didn't see the tree. So even after he hit it, he still was hitting the gas 
because he was he was like what the hell's going on here i'm trying to back up and i can't what the hell and i'm like dad you hit a tree you're still hitting the tree you're currently hitting the tree stop hitting the tree so he pulled the car forward and he got out of the car and i just love my i love what my dad always when he did something stupid oh for christ's sakes your mother's gonna kill me because <laughs> that suburban was like her baby and he just rammed it in just rammed it into a tree after giving me shit for like an hour about paying attention to what you were doing oh and that story still makes me laugh man god he's such a funny guy so i had that accent and i was taking it all over the country and after that i had to replace the bearings on that car so many times and i'm sure it was probably to the fact that i'm just a giant guy trying to drive a tiny car and i'm just wearing the bearings out because i'm so big you know it's just ridiculous you know and i realized after that too like i needed to buy a car that had a little bit more sturdiness to it you know because these little cars that are put together for gas mileage and cheapness they just fall apart so fast they're just not suitable for a road car um i went down uh and i did a, a tour of the south and like florida and stuff at one point and i still remember the moment like i was driving to fort myers florida and it was going along the highway and there was like this dip in the highway and i hit it pretty bad and there was a noise and i was like great what the hell did i just do to my fucking car so then uh after that i started smelling a weird smell so i took it to a garage and they told me that i had cracked uh, my exhaust pipe under my car and it was like leaking exhaust and coming up through the vents and it was going to cost like something like 700 bucks to fix and i was like well what's what's the downside if i don't get it fixed and they said well it'll get worse and worse and it'll get louder and louder and more exhaust will kind of push back into the car and that's definitely not safe or whatever and i said you know i got to save up the money what do you suggest and they said well you can let it go for a couple weeks but you got to keep the keep the windows down and uh and you know be mindful of that so i was like okay so what was funny is like you could hear my my hyundai accent coming from blocks away now because of my exhaust system it just reminded me of my bronco too you know and how times change but uh so i actually ended up not fixing it for like a year so i was driving around with exhaust pouring into the car for like a year and and i'm sure that uh that probably didn't help my brain cell count at all but uh towards the end of that tour or towards the end of that year i was driving home from a gig in iowa and i hit another bump and i just heard like this horrible noise and then there was like a bunch of scraping and i pulled my car over to the side of the road and my entire exhaust system had fallen off the car and uh and like one of the pipes that was attached to some cord that goes into the engine was dragging underneath my car and i was I, I was able to get under there and unhook the thing and then i just drove it back home and i knew like within a couple of weeks i was gonna have to trade this this stupid car in for something else you know so i went to the dealership and 
once again i have a <laughs> i'm bringing them a car that has 286,000 miles on it looking for the best deal that i can get the guy gave me a hundred dollars for that car <laughs> But uh, at least this time, I you know I I didn't have that much debt and I had a pretty good credit rating. But still, this was the first time that I was going to buy a car, being a self-employed comedian. So it was it was quite an interesting adventure because on my taxes, because of the deductions that I take, I really don't show that I make that much money, and it's just the way taxes is. You know you take your deductions and you find your taxable income and that's what it is but it's usually a lot less than you would see if you're working a normal job so like these people they look at my income they're like how do you even live let alone own a car or something and I'm like I can make the payments don't worry so I decided that time too that I wasn't going to go with a Honda or anything. What I really wanted was a Chevy Malibu because I'd driven a couple of them when I rented cars and I was like, oh, I really want a Chevy Malibu. So I went to the dealership and I didn't realize how much Chevy Malibus were. They were like $12,000. I was like, oh God. So of course the the dealership talked me into a different kind of car. They were like, you know, we've got this new line of cars, and, and they're pretty cool. You know, they're called uh, Chevy Aveos, and they're really nice, and blah, blah, blah. So they, they had one that was, like, six months old, and it had, like, 20 miles on it. And I took it for a drive, and it was pretty nice. It had air. It had, and, and that was the thing is it had air, but it didn't have cruise. And I was like, no, this isn't going to work. I have two things I need in my car. I needed to have air and I needed to have cruise. And so this silver tongue guy is like, if you really want this car, we can put cruise into it. And that was like, I don't, to this day, why the hell did I agree to that? So I buy the car and the guy's like, we'll put cruise into it. And I go, oh, that's great. And, uh, because the car was so new that the, uh, the adaption kit for cruise control for the Aveo wasn't coming out until the next February. And I bought it in like September. So that's like, you know, three or four months of all these gigs that I have to do without cruise control. And they didn't tell me the shit till after. And I was so pissed. And they were like, oh, there's nothing you can do about it. You already signed the deal. And I was like, what the fuck, man? So it gets to be February, the kit comes in, I bring my car in, they install the cruise control, and everything works fine for like a year and a half. And then the thing starts going on the fritz, I'll be driving and it would just shut off, and drive and it would shut off. So I took the car back, and they tweaked it, and they were like, it should work now. So then it kept shutting off. And then the company that put the cruise control in was trying to say that something else was wrong with the car causing the cruise control to kick off. And I was like, son of a bitch. It was just a complete nightmare. And so I drove this car. I think it was all, I think it crossed 300,000 miles. And I had tons of problems with it. A lot of bearing issues again. I had a lot of, uh, there were some engine stuff and belts and whatever. 
and uh, but it was still in actually pretty good condition when I was getting ready to trade it in. And my brother was like, no, no, don't trade it in. Let me buy that car from you. And again, horrible mistake. Don't ever sell cars to family members. It's the worst fucking idea in the world. Because when you sell a car, you just sell it. You never see it again. You never have to talk to the people. You don't have to hear about all the shitty things that are happening with the car that you sold. I sold it. I don't care. The car's shitty. You paid the money for it, whatever. But when it's your brother that buys your car every day, all you get to hear about, they're like, wow, I was making kind of a squeaky noise out of there. You, you ever have that looked at? Or oh, God damn it. And of course, uh, we set up a deal where he was going to buy the car for like, I don't know what it was, like two grand or something. And he was just going to pay me 200 bucks a month for, for 10 months or whatever. And in that 10 months, if there was any major problems with the car, I promised that we would split the repairs or whatever. He literally had the car for two months, went to some shoddy oil change place, which I still believe is was the cause of the engine exploding. But he got the oil changed two months after he bought it and the engine exploded. And then, of course, you know, I lost all the money on the car. He didn't pay for any extra stuff. And then he didn't have a car anymore. And I was like, this was the worst idea I've ever done in my life. But... So after the Aveo, uh, I bought my current road car, which is the Silver Bullet, or War Machine, as I like to call it. It's a 2007 Honda Accord, and I decided, I was like, after the Aveo, I'm like, I'm going to get a nice car, a car that I know that's going to last for a long time, and it's going to be a smooth ride the whole way around. So um, the Accord has been great. Um, I had it for three days. You see a pattern coming here. So I bought the car, brought it over to my parents' house, and I was like, hey, I got a new car. And my brother was on the roof working on the gutters, like getting the leaves out of it. Had the car for three days, guys. I go inside the house and tell my parents I got my new car over here. They should come out and take a look at it. My brother comes running into the house and he's like, oh my God, dude, I'm so sorry. He goes, I just dropped the leaf blower on your car. And I was like, what? He goes, oh, it's good news though. It didn't hit your windshield. It just hit your hood. And I was like, that's not good news. If it had gone through my windshield, I could have got that fixed. I have glass coverage. I don't have comprehensive. So to this day, there's two little dents on my hood from where he dropped the leaf blower on it off the roof. And every time I look at those two little dots, I always smile because it reminds me of my brother. But uh, So we had that car. Uh, actually, let me go back for a second because I completely forgot a story uh, when we were in the Aveo. Because I don't know what it was, but, but it seemed like any time my brother would drive my cars, he would do damage to them. It was just ridiculous. And... There was a trip we took out to Vegas and back that was just like, 
the absolute most ridiculous thing ever because halfway there when he was driving we got a flat tire so we had to change a spare at like three in the morning on the side of the road um and to keep on our timeline we had to pull off in like rock springs wyoming and get a set of tires put on the car at walmart and then we drove into vegas and we were heading back home and um we left my show early in montana and ended up hitting a deer and thankfully we only hit it on the side of the head with the side mirror it could have done a lot more damage to the car and it was just so funny because a couple exits down the road we got out at a gas station we were kind of surveying the damage like holy crap that could have been a lot worse and whatever my brother's you know driving the car and he puts his hand on my shoulder and he goes man i think we dodged a bullet there as he backs the car up into a light pole and it was still makes me laugh to this day because he hit it so hard that it that we both flopped forward and when he bounced back his hat his ball cap was all askew and he was like what the hell and we get out of the car and there was a big uh, gouge in my bumper and he's like i'll fix it i swear and i'm like all right whatever so i got the honda cord and uh got the two little bumps in my hood so i start uh i start taking my honda on the road i'm doing a bunch of tours and i was doing a tour in montana and i was driving back to the hotel from the gig and i hit a drainage ditch and it made so much noise that I was like, I had to have done something to my car. So I kind of like crawled under there and there wasn't any damage or anything. So I was like, what the heck? All right. Then it started making a noise. So I took it to a garage and the guy took a look at it and he said, everything's fine. It's just, it needs a little grease on the ball joint or whatever. And I was like, okay. And this went on for like six or seven months. Like if there would be a noise, I'd bring it in and they'd grease the ball joint or whatever. So then, uh, I was driving to uh, Indianapolis, and uh, my car was making a horrible amount of noise, and I was like, I, I have a flat tire. There's This sucks. So I get out. I don't have a flat tire, so I'm like, what the hell? So it's making the whole noise all the way to Indianapolis. I check into the hotel, and I go down for the first show of the week on Thursday, and I pull into the driveway and and uh i do the show and everything and everything goes fine and after the show i get in my car and i start driving away from the gig and i get to the stoplight on the corner and as soon as the light goes green i hit the gas and the whole front left wheel assembly on my car completely comes apart and the my front wheel turns backwards towards me and the whole front end of my car goes straight into the street i get out of my car and i don't even know what i'm looking at like i don't know if you've ever seen a wheel assembly come apart but it basically is the whole thing on the corner that connects the wheel and the tire and the tie rods and everything to the frame of the car so like the wheel is turned backwards towards the back of the car and you can just see all the innards on the wheel thing there and i'm like oh my god this i don't even know what i'm looking at so somebody from the show pulled up next to me and they were like are you okay and i'm like yeah i'm fine but i just i don't i don't know what to do and they go you know what we've got 
AAA and and we'll call them for you and they'll come and help you. And I was like, wow, that's great. So you know you've done a lot of damage to your car when the tow truck driver gets there and he gets out of the car and he looks at it. And he looked at me and he goes, dude, I have no idea what the fuck to do. And I go, well, that's helpful. So after a bit of like hemming and hawing, he has me sign a waiver that if he does any extra damage to my car that he won't be liable. And I was like, just get it over to the Honda dealership so they can take a look at it. So he had to uh, he had to jack the car up, kick the wheel back straight, and then like throw a bunch of straps and strap the whole front end and then like pull it up onto a flatbed. And then he dropped it over at the Honda dealership. And after like six days, they fixed the whole thing. And surprisingly, it was covered under my insurance because the initial problem that I had with it is I hit, like, uh, a drainage ditch. I don't even know. Anyways, I did $3,700 worth of damage to my car, and I only had to pay my deductible, which was nice. But um, So after that, like, my Honda drove, like, really well. Like, my fuel pump went out. Um which sucked. I was on my way to Minot and I had to get a towed there. And then there was no garages that could work on it. So my wife had to rent a U-Haul and drive to Minot and pick me up and drive me back to the city so we could get it fixed, which sucked really bad last year. Um, and my, my transmission was making a funny noise when I was down South, uh, last summer and I had to get that flushed. But everything was fine up until, like, I think it was November last year. I was I did the last comic standing audition, and I was driving to one of my favorite clubs in Oklahoma City. And uh, I was doing some comedy there. And on my way there, I hit an armadillo, which to this day, I've never seen an armadillo. And I hit one. And I was thinking to myself, like, it's it's like a rock-like animal. I'll just bounce over the top of it and keep going. No, I, like, hit it, and it skipped like a rock, and it ran up through my wheel well and shot out the side. And while it did that, it tore all the fiberglass and everything out of the wheel well. So I pulled over, to, and it took half my bumper with it. I got in my car, and I'm looking at it, and the tire wasn't even popped. It was just, it all looked fucked up, and I was like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> and the funniest part was, like, I, I hit the armadillo, it made a shit ton of noise, and the first stop that I could pull my car over was a Burger King. And I pulled out, I pulled into the Burger King, I got out of my car, and just as I got out of my car, they shut all the lights off in the parking lot. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. So I had to go another like six or seven blocks to a lit up gas station so I could survey the damage, and it was pretty bad. So I'm telling my buddy about it, and he's laughing. Uh, my buddy in Oklahoma, and we decided to go to the show that night, and on the way to the show, I hit a raccoon, and it took the other side of my bumper off, and he's just laughing his ass off, and I'm like, what is happening? So I left there, and then I was headed home, and I'm, I'm shitting you, like, on my way home from Oklahoma after I hit an armadillo and a raccoon, I hit a turkey in Iowa. It was ridiculous. I don't know if you've ever seen a turkey running out of the ditch, but they look ludicrous. They're just trying to jump, run, fly. He jumped up in the air, and I hit his legs, and he hit 
the top of my car and rolled over the top of it like some kind of 70s cop movie. And I pulled my car over and I was just like, send the elk, let's end this, you know. But it's a good car, it's still kicking. And uh, a million miles later, it's, uh, you know, you start to realize when you do a lot of driving. I'm, uh, I'm down in Jacksonville this week and I had to rent a car and I took the cheapest option they had, which was a Mazda 2. No cruise, no... Uh, it, it doesn't have cre- it does have air but it's a really tiny car it looks like i'm wearing a car again but you know when you do a lot of driving you realize how nice it is to have that cruise control that air conditioning you know the power everything the sunroof everything like that it's really nice so i don't know if it's i don't know if a million miles is an accomplishment or just uh the craziest thing anyone's ever heard that somebody would actually drive a million miles across this country. But, uh, some of it's been dangerous. Some of it's been fun and some of it's been, uh, excruciating, but, uh, I love this business and I love traveling. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. You can always get the podcast at iTunes and Podbean. Check out my website at largedrunkman.com for dates and merchandise and, uh, all that fun stuff. And uh, make sure you tune in next time when we talk about who knows.
installs. In the sea cushions, got a big rip, so a spring always pokes the balls. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Plus the door locks are busted. I got to use a fucking coat hanger. What a pain in his ass. And if a girl sees my car, there's no chance I'll ever bang her. He never ever gets a pussy. Hey, shut up. He's a shit car. You piece of shit car. He's a shit car. You piece of shit car. Piece of shit car. Both fucking tires. No rear view fucking mirror.